Hello there, and welcome to our Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. My name is Richard Frankowitz, and I'm the Youth Director here at Sardis Fellowship Baptist Church. This week, we have a guest speaker, Brendan Heppel, who will be giving the last message in our two-part mini-series called Fear and Doubt, Enemies of Faith. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. We on? Oh, right on. Thank you, Dad, for that introduction, and hello, Sardis Fellowship. I'm happy to be here with you today and slightly terrified. (laughs) I told my mom, I'm like, if you see me turning left on the highway, I am not going to Nineveh. That is what that means. But (laughs) I mean, honestly, though, who here has been afraid before? Okay, okay. Yeah, the truth is, I believe that we've all been afraid at one point or another in our lives, and this is that point for me, but... uh, we become fearful for all sorts of different reasons. Usually, fear has to do with the circumstances that we're facing. If we feel threatened or in danger, we will most likely respond in fear. Okay, here's a little bit about me. I am totally afraid of doctors with needles. That is top of the list for me. But then right below that is being alone in the dark, and then maybe the possibility that you're in the dark but not alone. Those are like... <laughs> like If there's a doctor with a needle in the room that I'm in and it's dark, that is like the worst scenario for me. But also, I inherited from my dad, I hate heights. Like, these are things, these are the three things that like, they're the ingredients to making me terrified. But you probably relate to some of these fears and maybe you have more fears that extend beyond that. My point is that we usually base our fears off of how safe we feel or how in control we feel. If we feel we are in danger or things are out of our control, we tend to be afraid. So I'll take you back to the time when I was flying to Saskatoon to visit my girlfriend there. And I was boarding this tiny little plane and heading off to Windy, Saskatchewan. Uh, On that flight, we started to hit some turbulence. And I noticed this lady next to me getting a little nervous. She had shared with me that, like, she's not a Christian, but I had shared that I was. As we came in for our landing, the turbulence picked up so much that we had to pull up and turn around. I saw now this lady's sweating, and I'm like a little bit shaky, but I said to myself, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I was like, I got this. I was like, that's a win-win. So now confident and in peace, we came in for the second approach. This time, the lady grabs my arm, and she says, you pray. (laughs) I was, that was the most surprising thing. And I prayed, and we landed safely, but I was left thinking about this lady. Since she had no faith of her own, fear was the only reasonable response. And it made me ask, how does faith relate to fear when it comes to the circumstances that we are out of control? Uh, the response to fear is not new. It's been around forever. If you look back in the Bible, you'll see that the disciples were very, very used to being afraid. Uh, in his gospel, Luke narrates a time when the disciples were driven to fear because they were in danger and lacked control of their circumstances. So join me and let's turn to Luke 8, 22 to 25 together. As you, as you turn there, I would like to give you some insights regarding uh, Luke's gospel. Luke is a companion of the Apostle Paul and is also the author of both Luke and Acts. His introduction to his gospel informs us that he has gathered eyewitness accounts of the events of Jesus' life. And in Luke 1.1, he states that he's gathered these accounts to show us the things that have been accomplished in Jesus. So that's what he's aiming to do. So prior to our passage, 
Luke has narrated the events coming up to Jesus' ministry, as well as the beginning stages of his ministry. Up to this point, he's like been picking his disciples and begun traveling from town to town, sharing the good news of the kingdom of God. So our passage, it, it picks up in the middle of his ministry, and Jesus has come through Capernaum, and now he he's decides to cross the Sea of Galilee. So this is from the ESV here, and in 8.22, Luke says, One day he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they sailed, he, Jesus, fell asleep. Okay, so they're going sailing across to the other side of Galilee. Uh, the thing about this lake is that it's surrounded by mountains. It's in a little valley, and windstorms will suddenly and severely occur upon this lake. That just so happened to the disciples and Jesus on this little adventure. So Luke continues saying, And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. Here we're getting a picture from Luke of the circumstances that are facing the disciples. They're losing control to waves and wind and water, and they're also scared because they're realizing this is seriously dangerous. This is their recipe for fear. They may not be in a dark room or with a doctor and a needle, but they are facing circumstances out of their control and that pose a threat to them. And so we see their response. And they, say, and they went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. They were scared of death. We're dying. We're going to die. They were like the woman sitting next to me on the plane. They allowed their lack of control and their... And their uh, this danger to make them afraid. They calculated all their circumstances and they said, you know what, this outcome is not going to be good. Of course, their response may not have been as thought out as I've presented it, but I'm trying to illustrate that they responded out of what they figured was necessary based on their circumstances. Okay, so for the last two summers, I've worked on a chicken farm. And one thing you learn from working with chickens is that they are so easily scared so you scare one, and then the next one gets scared, and then it just spreads throughout the barn. Um, so what they will do eventually, if you do not calm them down, is that they will go to the walls and eventually make it to the corners and suffocate each other from piling on top of each other. It's so unnecessary and so overboard, and you wonder, why are they so afraid? Because you'll enter a barn a million times and maybe not hurt a bird once, and yet they still will all get scared. As a farmer, I recognize like, how ridiculous their fear is. No matter like, what you do, they will be afraid. And you just wish, I just wish they would trust me enough not to almost kill themselves and create a lot of work and, and uh, nerves for me. <laughs> That's what I just wish. And I don't mean to do the disciples a disservice here, but they looked a lot like these chickens because their fear was so ineffective and unnecessary. Um, so... And I imagine that Jesus was like me, like the, the farmer, that he hoped too that they would trust him instead of responding in this way. And so I, Jesus wakes and he rebukes the wind and the waves. And at the sound of his command, the winds and the waves ceased and there was a calm. In a moment, Jesus speaks peace into chaos. 
I try to think of what that would be like. And the closest comparison I can come up with as someone who's scared of the dark is like when you're in the dark and you're like, I just saw something move. And so you dash towards the lights and you flip them on and then you realize it was just nothing. And it's just peaceful in your room and you're safe. That's the closest comparison I have. Jesus calming the storm must have been like turning the lights on in a dark room. So how do you respond when the greatest threat that you have listens and obeys Jesus? What is that like when he's in control, even of the things that we fear the most? In this situation, I just imagine those disciples, when Jesus speaks and the wind and the waves obey him, I imagine that they're frozen, like jaws dropped to the floor and kind of like those knees trembling like mine are right now. And, and then like, but then Jesus ends that moment of silence and, he's, and he just asks the question. He says, where is your faith? Just a simple question. And, and you see, Jesus had faith that God would bring them to shore because he knew the things that God willed for him to accomplish as the Messiah. Jesus was confident in his identity and confident in the authority that belonged to him. And the disciples knew that Jesus was the Messiah. They had left everything to follow Jesus as the Messiah. But in, in that moment, they do not show a faith in him as the Messiah. They do not show that they're confident that God will bring forward what he has promised. So what's to fear when the Messiah, your Messiah, our Messiah, has authority over things that are out of our control, the circumstances that are dangerous and fearful to us? Like, what if Jesus is in control of that? What is to fear? So Luke ends this passage by noting that the disciples were afraid and they marveled, saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him? There's a distinct shift in fear there from they're like, ah, the water, we're going to drown. And then they're like, whoa, wait a minute. We were so focused on that, but who is this guy that just spoke to the water and it obeyed him? Not acknowledging who Jesus was was far more worthy of fear than the storm was because if you miss that, you miss something so important and the disciples were beginning to realize that. I believe that Luke is intentional when he ends his passage right there. He ends with this question. I think he wanted his original audience to ponder this question and I believe it is important for us to ponder that same question. For all, for all of us who are so easily frightened... Uh, do we acknowledge that Jesus ha has the authority over our circumstances? Because if we miss who Jesus is, then we miss the point that Luke is sharing with us. If we miss who Jesus is, then we have every reason to be afraid because we have no hope. But when Jesus speaks and re restores peace to the chaotic waves, we are given hope that maybe Jesus is truly more than who we often are giving him credit to be. Maybe the authority of Jesus over all of creation has more power in my life than I realize that it does. Many have misidentified Jesus and as a result miss out on the true message of hope that is available to those who believe. But Luke doesn't want us to miss who Jesus truly is. You see, Luke has been indicating to us in this passage important characteristics of who Jesus is with the intention of convincing us of this truth. We need to understand that Jesus is indeed human. He shows this when Jesus is sleeping 
have an amazing nap. There's a huge storm and he's still sleeping. But it just demonstrates to us that Jesus truly was human. He needed to sleep. But at the same time, Luke has also captured that Jesus was not just human, but he was also unmistakably God. The disciples mistook that Jesus did not have this authority. They only saw the human, and they were terrified of their outcome of what could happen to them. However, Jesus goes on to display this authority to them that was unique to himself. This was not something that the disciples could have done by their own power. It was not merely an act of faith, but it was, it was an act of being from Jesus. He simply speaks to the waves, and they respond to him. Jesus had control over the elements of creation because he is God. Who else speaks and creation responds in obedience? Our passage seems to make this point by echoing the Genesis narrative and the, the let there be's that God says, and then creation follows in response to God's speaking. Uh, the Old Testament repeatedly makes the point that only God has power over creation. If we read in Psalm 89.9 as another example, uh, the psalmist says, You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. So Luke is just hammering home this point that Jesus is doing something that belongs to God, and that's because Jesus is truly God. So Jesus asked the disciples, where is your faith? Do they really trust that Jesus is the Messiah? And if so, what does that mean for them? Do they believe that Jesus has complete authority over every circumstance in life? And if they did, would they respond differently? That's what Jesus is making clear with this question and what Luke is emphasizing. That the person of Jesus allows us to have a different response to circumstances that would normally be worthy of fear. So how, how do we relate to this? We're not literally in a sinking boat, but we do all face fear and we do live fragile lives. We all have circumstances that threaten our safety and that are out of our control. So how do we respond? We get a choice. We get a choice because we have the confidence that Jesus is who he says he is and that he is who Luke is testifying to him to be. And, and we know we have this luxury because we see the rest of the story. We see what Jesus continues to do. We know that Jesus, what he accomplishes. We know that Jesus is the Messiah and remains the Messiah because he defeated death by dying on the cross in our place and rose again to sit at the right hand of God. Jesus has fully displayed to us in this that, that he has complete authority over all creation and even over death itself. Because of this, we don't have to be afraid, and we can respond by turning our fears over to Jesus and his control. So, are we afraid? And if so, have we acknowledged Jesus, or have we turned to fear based on an evaluation of our circumstances? I encourage that we draw nearer and nearer to God's word daily, so that we might become confident that Jesus truly is who he says he is, and who the Bible claims him to be. And when you recognize Jesus as your Savior, enter each day with the confidence that Jesus, the Lord of your life and over eternity, is in control of whatever trial that you may face. 
Then you will live not in fear, but in victory, because whatever happens belongs to the one you've invested your future in. Let us go forward having faith that Jesus is greater than any fear that we could have and is who the Bible claims him to be. Thanks for listening to our Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please check out sardisfellowship.com. Have a great day and God bless.